welcome to the Fitness Fixated Podcast with me, your host, John Clark. I'm joined on the line today by MMA fighter, Lee the Butcher Chadwick. Hello, Lee. Hi, John. You okay, mate? Yeah, I'm good, Lee. What's going on? Not seeing you in a while. I know. It's been a long time. It's been a long time and strange times. As we always at the minute. I know. Um, for people who don't know, like me and Lee actually worked in two gyms together uh, quite a few years back. So we go back a, a long time now. Yeah, we did. We did. How, how times have changed. No uh, entrepreneurs now. <laughs> yeah, well, you've gone from uh, gym owner to MMA professional fighter and now to uh, owner of the heat camps as well. So quite a big progression. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It works hand in hand because the business, um, I make sure the business pays the bills and, you know, the fighting is like a bonus and a hobby, but it, that, that's um, a massive career to me at the minute. Can you tell everyone, like, wh- where are you fighting now? So you started at Cage Warriors, now you're at Bellator. Uh, is that right? Do you want to uh, explain about, like, for, for me, who's not into uh, the cage fighting massively, like, I, I don't understand, like, the difference between Cage Warriors, UFC, uh, and Bellator, and I'm sure some of the people listening, um, they'd like that explain what the difference is between all of them. Yeah, well, basically, um, I fought, I've been fighting professional for 14 years. Um, I fought on numerous shows in Liverpool, Omach, um, which is in Liverpool Olympia. Then I went on to um, Bama, um, had a few fights on Bama, and then I moved to Cage Warriors a good few years ago, about five years, four years ago. Um, and the, the, the sole purpose of me moving to Cage Warriors was to get to the world title, which is a good prestige title in the UK. Um, and I did that. And from then, I was able to move on to a bigger organisation. Now, Bellator is like UFC. I mean, people say it isn't, but they pay their fighters just as good, if not better. So it's on level with the UFC, Bellator. Um, so, yeah, um, I moved from the world title of world champion of Cage Warriors to um, a contracted Bellator fighter now. That's uh, that's unbelievable. I mean, to be world champion in a in a sport, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and um, Cage Warriors is a really good day um, world title to get most of them go on to the UFC after they've got the world title. Um, Who was, was uh, Paddy the Baddy with? He was champion in, was that Cage Warriors as well? Yeah, that was yeah. Cage Warriors as well, yeah. Um, so was Conor McGregor and Bigfoot Silver and Mike Bisping and Dan Hardy and all of the top UK fighters were all... Um, Cage Warriors champions before they went to the UFC. That is amazing. I, I had no idea. I, I, I always thought, oh, you, you just go straight to UFC after like uh, being picked up locally or something, like moving from boxing. Because I know you started your career in as a boxer, wasn't it? Um, I started as a kickboxer. A kickboxer, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I went on to boxing. I've done kickboxing, boxing, and MMA, so... Yeah, I've had about eight boxing fights and six or seven kickboxing fights. Uh, and what is your record now? You're 25 wins, aren't you? Yeah, 25 wins, 15 losses and one draw. But every single fight I've had has been a top-ranked opponent. There's been no um, no um, record padders or anything like that. Mate, to be world champion, it doesn't matter how many losses you have, you still got to the top of your game, so you don't need to worry about having couple of losses and I wouldn't you've got the the balls just to step in the ring in the first place I wouldn't do it 
And um, can you just like take us back to the beginning, how you actually got into like this fighting stuff? Was something you learned as like a defense, like like a martial art growing up, or like how did you get into this kind of like sport in the in the first place? Yeah, well, I was, when I was eleven, I done Greco wrestling for a couple of years, um, and then I come away from martial arts after that, and just done loads of weights and um, boxing training in the gym and stuff like that, and then I went on to um, kickboxing back back into martial art when I was eighteen, kickboxing for a couple of years, had a few kickboxing fights, and then from that. When I was 20, I moved to Thai boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu then, um, and then um, started, a year later, started fighting MMA, so when I was 21, I think. I never looked back, like, this is, like, just, you love no, that more than, it. yeah, yeah it, it, like, it is is massive now, it, it's unbelievable how much it's blown up, like, boxing, obviously, was always big, but in the past, maybe, like, five years, um, it's just gone massive like it seems like everybody's a cage fighter these days or into mma or bbj or something like that yeah they are everyone's doing a bit of something um, and it's good to keep the youth it keeps them disciplined and something to focus on and keeps them off the streets and of an evening and stuff like that because a lot of classes are over evening so it, it's good for the um, for society and um, the way there's martial arts skills on every corner now it's really good yeah, martial arts is a great way to teach kids discipline, isn't it? And respect as well. Yeah, that's it. Because, like, just going to the gym and training and keeping fit is good. But you can go anytime. But if you stick to a class, you've got to go certain days. And it's frowned upon when you miss sessions. So you learn that discipline of having to um, go somewhere consistently and get better and evolve. And, you know, your, your teammates and your coaches do recognise if you fall off the wagon or something like that because your, your skill level drops and your fitness and stuff like that. So it is, yeah, really good discipline for um, young adults to have and the youth. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. So um, we talked then uh, a little bit about your record. How hard is it to come back from losses? Like a lot of people are listening, they might be in, in this themselves, maybe at an amateur level, maybe at a pro level. And they, they've lost a few fights and they're finding it hard to deal with and they're, and they're feeling like maybe jacking it in. What would you say to them to try and encourage them to stick at it? How do you cope with it, Lee? Well, when you lose, that's when the fight really starts because at the end of the day, like anything in life, anything you do, if you get knocked down, you've got to get back up, dust yourself off, and you've got to push even harder to get your goals. Um, and I just see um, every loss as a challenge to better myself, come back stronger, and um, work harder to not let that same mistake happen again. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's true champions uh, um, come back from losses. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure from every fight, you learn like where your weaknesses are, like, for example, I imagine from you, from a kickboxing background and a boxing background originally, you probably didn't have amazing groundwork to start with, and then you have to learn quickly. Oh, I need to be good at groundwork and stuff, and be like a really rounded fighter. And you learn where, where where's holding you back. I imagine. Well, I wrestled when I was eleven, so my ground, my strength on the ground has always been me bread and butter, um, and that's why I was 
good at um, striking um, because of my strength uh, in the clinch and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, guard work has always been a full favourite of mine and it's a bit more natural. Um, striking, I like to strike and I like to bang, but I am most skillful on the ground. You've got to be rounded, haven't you? Because if, if you have one little weakness, then people will just take advantage of that and they'll know from the fight, from fights they've seen you in previously how, how to beat you, I imagine. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, and like I say, I work on every aspect of my game um, daily, so even um, my weaknesses aren't weak, um, they're just weak to my strong points. Uh, if, if you look at my record, any losses I've had in the last decade, I've never been beaten within the, within the fight, it's always been by decision. So it's oh, yeah. always been a close fight. I haven't been knocked out and I haven't been tapped out. So my jiu-jitsu and my conditioning has always been good. The only thing that's got me is the judges at the end. Do you ever think there's like politics involved and that's why you've lost the decision? Yeah. yeah. 100%. My last fight, I was robbed, and everyone knows it, on any MMA world. Um, I went to Ireland, fought the former Cage Warriors champion, who was the weight above me, because I've stepped up a weight to light heavyweight. I used to be middleweight Cage Warriors champion, he was light heavyweight world champion, and we both went to Bellator, and we fought each other, and I controlled the fight. I won two of the rounds easy by pinning them against the cage and beating them up, um, and the judges... Two of the judges, one was for him, one was for me, and the other judge just give all rounds to him. It was biased as hell. Even the Bellator knew that I was robbed, and the crowd, the Irish crowd, were coming over to me by me drink saying, you know, he's robbed. And there's nothing you can do. You're fighting people in the backyard. Um, it's going to go their way if it goes the distance, regardless. Yeah, I think that's the same in any sport. Like, we had uh, Robbie Davis Jr. on uh, on a previous podcast, and we were saying that, in in the boxing world, it's exactly the same. That the 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 home favorite usually gets uh, if it's a close decision, they always give it to like the the home favorite because the crowd influences it and all kinds of that stuff like that. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. And I've had it done loads of times. I've, I've even had it done in boxing, kickboxing. It, it just happens. If you leave it to the judges, it's your own fault. And you saying then, obviously, about how hard you train and that. What I'm sure people will be interested. What does it like a day in the life? look like for a, a pro MMA fighter like how often are you training when do you have your breakfast how much cardio do you do can you give us like a little rundown of a, a day in the life of Lee yeah so a day, the day in the life of me would usually um, consist of getting up in the morning having a black coffee um, with honey in it and then I'd go to the gym I wouldn't eat um, I'd, I'd intermittent fast so I eat within a certain window. Um, I'll get to training for... I'll have my black coffee about eight and nine, between 8 and 9, and I'll be at the gym for about 10, 10 o'clock. What gym are you um, training out with now, Lee? ASW in Lee, Tilsley. It's by Wigan. Oh, it's a bit of a distance to go, isn't it? It's a good trip, but it's good training. Um, and I get there an hour before everyone else as well. That's dedication. Yeah, I get there an hour before everyone else to fit on me rehab and conditioning and stuff like that then when everyone gets there then i'll start with them um, and then sometimes i'll stay behind afterwards if there's anything i've missed out and then i'll go home have something to eat about 2pm so i'll be in the gym from 10 till 1 um, for three hours and then i'll get home for about two o'clock i'll have my dinner and then i might have a i'll have a sleep while i'm on my way home I'll have my dinner, and then later on in the night, I'll train in four corners in Aintree. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, not actually. It's a, 
it's like predominantly a boxing gym, but it's an MMA gym as well. So I'll, I'll do my striking there of an evening um, from like 7 p.m. till just after 8 p.m. So I'll only train for about an hour and a bit of the evening. Sometimes I'll get there a bit earlier and do some assault bike training if, I got, if I'm if I'm within six weeks of a fight and I'll get there for like six then and stay there for two and a bit hours. So it's four or five hours a day, Monday to Friday. But which are you doing like weight sessions on top of that or is that purely going and I know you're a big guy so obviously you must be doing weights, but um those gyms sound like they're more based for like fighting rather than actual weight training. Well yeah, well there's a weights weights gym weights um, room next to the MMA area next to the caged area so i do why i go an hour earlier is to do me conditioning before the class starts so i'll do some some days it'll be compounds like bench squats and chins and some days it'll just be like loads of um, mobility stuff and muscle conditioning stuff yeah so i'll alternate that throughout the week but i don't i try not to do too much weights because i don't like to be stiff and when i do do weights i do a lot, a lot of stretching after it yeah, so as your weight training progress, because probably when you start off in the gym, I still do it as well, but you probably start with like a bro split bodybuilding style weight training when you first started the gym. How have you learned to adapt that to train more like a fighter? Yeah, well, when I first started, it was everything was based around weight training, so that come first to me, and that was my first love, um, strength training and weight training and physique and hypertrophy and stuff like that but as i've progressed through the fight game i've realized that that actually doesn't matter it just makes me look good so i've started fine-tuning everything and i only do um weights that benefit me wrestling or me striking so um i'll do deadlifts and compound exercises because it does benefit picking people up and stuff like that so yeah i've just fine-tuned everything i don't do split body parts or one day back next day chest i do my full body every day anyway in wrestling so all i do is just pick different things that i feel like i need to work on like explosive power or something like that it's interesting like say yeah when different clients come with me some of them want to learn like i've got a client right now who he's wanting to get better at bbj so he doesn't train anything the way how i would train myself because i'm purely concerned with aesthetics i couldn't care yep. less about function really which i know i should but yeah it's uh it's interesting realizing that you you have to train in a totally different way and the mirror muscles everything they're going to get forgotten about like you say you don't care about how you look anymore because that, that always happens in fights isn't it before the fight yeah. if someone looks in better shape you always put your money on it him like he's going to win so like joshua versus andy ruiz you always think oh joshua's going to smash him because look at the condition he's in he's when exactly. ultimately you can be the better skilled person and be have a bit more fluff on you yeah and that's a prime example joshua and ruiz it, it doesn't matter what you look like never judge a book by its cover i mean i've always been in good shape um, i'm not in the shape i was when i started i was like always six percent body fat i walk around like 14 15 body fat now until fight fight week and then i'm down to about 10 but like it's it's more down to performance now everything's performance based it's all tracked i track everything on my heart rate monitor or i go to a university and get get tested um, for me endurance and power and um, fitness and stuff like that so everything's just performance so it doesn't really matter what i look like i've always got that thing inside of me where i want to look 
better than my opponent. And I want to look a bit better shaped and stuff like that. But I don't go on my way to do that. I just, that comes along anyway from doing weights for 25 years. Um, so my muscles maintain with the little bit of weight I do do anyway. Because if you stop using it, you lose it, don't you? And I haven't stopped using mine ever. So I thought I've kept everything. I've just got a little bit more body fat on me these days. Yeah, well, as well, when you get older, it's, it's harder to stay lean as well anyway, so. Oh, yeah, I found that out in tenfold. <laughs> and obviously, um, you know, I know you've just got married again, and you've, and you've got kids and stuff and all like that. It's hard. It is a lot harder to be strict with your diet yeah. and stuff. When, oh, when... it is, especially around Easter when the kids have all got the Easter eggs out. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> So um, you, you talked a little bit then how you, you're doing a lot more stretching these days, like after a fight uh, as well. Obviously, you, your body's all beat up and things. How do you recover? What, what Have you got any like tips that you found works really well for recovery for you? Um, I go, go back to saying I, if I fight on a Saturday night, I'll usually rest Sunday, Monday, sometimes Tuesday, but then I'm back in training within that week on the Wednesday. I'm back in training a couple of days after the fight, learning and back to technique and it's basically active recovery so the sooner that i get back in the gym the faster i recover if i just lay there i'm just sore for the full week what about like things like ice baths and stuff like that Are you, don't you ever use those uh people I go do. to the cryogenic um like those cryogenic freezer things now um do you know what i mean where it's like sub-zero yeah yeah the cryotherapy yeah i've looked into those and i'm not sure on the science of them um if they're actually as good as what people make out, like I'm all for ice baths and things like that, and going from hot to cold and things. But with the with the cryotherapy, I'm not 100 percent sure. And have you, have you ever used them? Yeah, a few times. A friend of mine does it, um, and it does it does work. I do um, I do think it works because I've had injuries and it's helped them heal, recover a lot faster. Because all it's just like an ice bath. Uh, but a bit more intense for a shorter amount of time and it targets the area unless you get in the chamber um, the friend of mine's got the gun um, so he just hits a specific area and it just makes the blood go away from the surface to the core um, to get away from the cold and then it just regenerates and then it comes back all extra oxygen and stuff like that and just helps the wounds um, recover a bit quicker but um, I do prefer ice baths, if I'm honest. They are. Like, do you, do you do the classic uh, wheelie bin full of water and ice, or do you go somewhere you know top what? of it? No, I haven't got round to doing that. I <laughs> just throw a load of bags of ice in my bath and just get in there for 20 minutes and just meditate. Um, but, yeah, um, my mum's got about four or five wheelie bins, so I think I'm going to um, start doing that in my next fight camp because they're amazing for recovery. And you stop you getting sick as well. Can we um, just uh, pick up on what you said there about how you meditate? Is that something you've started to work on recently or is that something you've always done or is it like, like meditation to do with improving your mental game in, in the octagon or what? Yeah, I, start, I meditated to get to the world title. Um, I started that meditation about yeah, me lead up to the world title um, because me missus, um, she's an um, angel card reader, but she... Um, she she like specializes in like mental health and meditation and stuff like that and it's really good she's really spiritual so it has really added to me game having a partner that's um spiritual and brings the mental aspect to me the relaxing visualization and um, pushing out bad 
bad thoughts and you know thinking of the outcome and stuff like that meditation's a massive part of my game now yeah it's like um some athletes as well they, they, they're big on hypnosis and stuff before fights aren't they to try and like, eliminate negativity and focus purely on winning and visualizing themselves winning yeah every person at the top of any sport in the world meditates if you ask them they meditate or the spiritual um you see them all over the world just saying they thank god and stuff like that everyone's got that spiritual side to them who's made it to the top yeah i was actually um reading a, a book and it was all about whether you're born with natural talent or if you can actually become a pro athlete and everything and they do it he does a chapter on that where it talks about how people who believe in god and they believe god's on their side doing it and uh helping them um the famous guy they go on about i can't think of his name he was like um a triple jumper from uh for great britain and he yeah. he won gold in the olympics and then he and he was big into religion and then he he started presenting songs of praise actually i can't think of his name um but then yeah and then he actually ended up losing his faith afterwards because he realized oh well everyone's praying to god how can he be how can he only go to favor me when all these people are doing the same but it's like really interesting the chapters but they go on about how yeah it does give a psychological edge if you if you believe god's on your side kind of thing it's the placebo effect isn't it yeah. i believe so if you believe in something you believe that helps you that actually makes you mentally stronger and pushes you more because you believe that they say as they say that the mind is the engine of your body isn't it so if the mind pushes forward your body will follow but if your mind stops and gives up your body will give up do you touching on what we we're saying then as well do you do you think that you actually were born with like be to be a great fighter or that it's something that you anyone could do with hard work oh yeah, no, I wasn't born. Um, I wasn't born athletic. I was a chubby kid. I didn't have the genes to the genes to back um, back the fight world up. Um, I got bullied when I was younger. Went through the typical um, boy stage. So yeah, no, I built myself. You couldn't imagine you getting bullied now. <laughs> no. Have you gone back and beat those bullies up? I did get some of them come up to me and apologise and beg me not to do anything and I was like, no, of course I won't, it's just kids being kids. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's nice that though, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, and at the end of the day, um, the, the, the times like that builds you, build your character and you as a human being. So if I didn't get bullied and I didn't have to learn to defend myself, I may never have become the person I am today. They say hard times make tough people. They do, yeah, they do. And how do you stay motivated now, Leo? You know, you're world champion and you're at the top of your game. What what motivates you to keep going? Like um, Family. Um, support my family. You know, I've only just, last year, I got given my first Bellator contract. I got through that. They've given me a new contract and this contract's even better. So now I've got, I'm not going to say how much it is, but I've got the opportunity to, now to build a really good life um, through just fighting. Never mind having businesses and stuff like that. I've got an opportunity now um, with this contract um, to really get somewhere and create the dream I've always wanted. That's amazing, man. That's good, and I wish you all all the best doing it. And do you want to like talk about some of your your other businesses that you've got uh, aside from this? Give them a little plug. Or? 
Yeah, well, the only businesses I've got, I mean, Miss has got her business, which isn't speech, it used to be my GMF BTS, she took over that, she does, like, card reading, spiritual stuff, she has yoga there, she's got, she's starting up fitness classes, she, she's got baby photography and stuff like that, um, and then my business with me brother is Heat Camps, and that's in um, Aintree, where, where all the gyms are on Long Lane by Taskers, and that's training in the 35 degree tent just high intensity hit classes um, 20 people a class so yeah I've got that um, and it's it's just good having that but my brother runs, runs the heat camp so I don't have to do nothing apart from help with marketing and stuff like that so it gives me time to focus solely on me fighting um, and I've got some like good sponsors out there that help me along the way as well Are you still with P&I? Yeah I've been with them from the beginning yeah, it's great. Do you know what? It helps massively because uh, the, the amount of supplements I get every month, it just um, keeps me in optimum shape. And, and Mark, Mark's a good guy, so I'm sure he, he looks after you. Like he, he helps yeah, out. he's a friend of mine. He's, he, you know, he, he gives me whatever I need, um, anytime I need it. And yeah, he's brilliant. He's, he's been there from day one. He's, he's, a, he's just part of my team as far as I'm concerned. That's good. you got to uh, remember the people who've helped you along the way, haven't you? Definitely. When you were saying about the heat camps there, obviously a lot of fighters cut water um, to try and make weight for fight. Do you use the heat camps for that, Lee? I have trained in it, but I haven't needed to use it to cut weight because usually I fly out. Uh, fly out. Like my last fight was in Ireland, so I do my weight cut over there. Um, but for water loss and weight loss, quick weight loss, yeah, uh, yes, it just shifts a lot of water. We we had a thing going in there where you can lose a stone in a week, um, and loads of people done it, and loads of people reached the stone challenge. Um, we we done that as like a um, marketing tactic when we first opened and stuff like that. Um, and you know, sweet sweat. Have you heard of sweet sweat? No, I've not. Sorry, no. Oh, well, that's really good. It, it just sucks the water out of your skin. You rub it all over your body and it warms your muscles up and it gener- it, it makes your body, um, pushes the water f- out your skin. So that helps you lose more weight quick as well. So, yeah, he counts as really good for that. Yeah, obviously when you're saying people lose a stone, obviously uh, one thing I, I would point out is where, yeah, if you're on a fighter and you've got to lose any weight, it doesn't matter, uh, you want to lose water, to help you make weight but if your general population obviously they're not losing a stone of fat in that week you know that'd be unless they were really no. big that would be quite hard for them to do a lot of it no. is just water isn't it that they're losing yeah as you, as you know as a um, trainer for so many years it's, it's scientifically you can only burn off a couple of pounds of fat a week at the most and that's really um, focusing on your diet and training hard I, I get as well why you, you do it. Obviously, it's a good marketing tactic to say, oh, we've lost a stone and stuff like that. So I, I can I can see it from um, that point of view. And obviously, there is some benefit sometimes to training um, in in a like a hotter environment for the thermogenic effect. Like. Yeah, and I, and it does um, it does like some people were doing the stone in one week to if they had the night out planned. Do you know what I mean? And they really wanted to fit into a dress or they wanted to just look good that night and, you know, a short-term fix and stuff like that. And the reason we had the idea was through my weight cut, my weight cut, because I used to lose two stone in a week. So if I could do that when I'm a lot less body fat, 
How do you feel though, like say uh, uh, as a fighter, if you have to lose like two uh, two stone in in a couple of weeks, does that make you feel really you know going into a fight really exhausted and, and tired? You hear about people absolutely killing themselves to make weight, uh, and they either don't or they go into the fight so depleted that um, that they can't they can't put a good performance in really. Yeah, well, my um, when I won the world title, I was a middleweight, so I fought at eighty four kilo. Um, but I was a middleweight for over a decade. Now, as you know, as you get older, your your, your genetics change, and it's harder to burn fat, it's harder to lose weight. So it was getting harder and harder. And then I actually missed weight for my last two middleweight fights. I still fought, but I missed weight by like half a pound or something, and I actually I absolutely killed myself. Um, and um, the Bellator made me lose weight. I fight at ninety three kilo. But I walk around at just over a hundred. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I always thought you'd be like a heavyweight because I always remember you as a really big guy. Yeah, I used to cut a lot of weight. I used to naturally walk around at 96 kilo and cut to 84, um, and that was fine. But then I started creeping up to 98, and then 100, and then it was, yeah, I was naturally at 100 kilo, and it was just too hard to get to 84. So, yeah, it's just been, um, it, it's very being at light heavyweight now because I've got an extra 10 kilo that I don't have to lose. Uh, and Lee, like, just so people are listening, I always like to try and give them some advice that they can take home and apply. So what would your tips be for anybody who was wanting to maybe become a MMA fighter or a pro fighter? Is there any tips that you found along your way that they, they could pass on that would be really easy for them to just go away and apply? Check out hmm. the gym that you're interested in going to and make sure that suits your style. Um, it all depends on your how you want to fight. So if you want to be um, a more of a ground fighter or you're a, you're a stocky type of guy, then you want to go to a ground gym, predominantly a ground MMA gym, um, like I go to now. But if you want to be more, if you're like tall and thin and you've got a good range and you want to be more of a striker, then you pick a gym that's predominantly Thai boxing. That's good tips there, yeah, I wouldn't know that. That's How, how do you like resist temptation and stay on on path with your diet and stuff like because like we said it's not easy with easter eggs around with the kids and weddings and friends want you to go for a drink and as a pro fighter i guess you know they have to be few and far between that you can actually partake in some of these social occasions how how do you balance it I think I can't be bothered 
came into the mix of bloody Aya tomorrow just to eat that. So no, I won't have it. And yeah, just like that. Um, but sometimes you can have it. I mean, I definitely wait all the time. So I like to stay at it in a certain bracket. I like to stay between 99 kilo and 101 kilo. That's what weight bracket I try and keep. So once it steps up to like 102, the next day I'll diet. And maybe the day after, get it back down. And then I'll level it out a bit. It's just about knowing your own body. Yeah, no, I think you, you hit on a good point there. And it's something I say with my clients. I think a lot of people day to day, they'll be doing really well on the diet and say it gets to Wednesday, something happens, they slip up, maybe someone from work brings in some cupcakes or something for their birthday, they eat that and then they think, yeah. oh, like a roomy diet, uh, I'm going to eat crap the rest of the week now and I'll start again exactly. next Monday. Instead of saying, right, I've ate this cupcake, I'm not even going to start tomorrow, I'm going to start right right away back on my diet and I can either go and train harder or for longer today to burn that cupcake off or tomorrow or later on in the day I can just eat a little bit less so actually overall I'm never going to get into a calorie surplus yeah it's just about management and setting yourself goals and targets in your head because if I if I know I'm going to have a chippy on a Friday I won't eat that cake through the week or a chocolate bar or a bag of crisp because I think no because I want to enjoy that meal that I'm looking forward to I wouldn't have thought you actually ate um chippies at all I, I would have thought that was a complete yeah maybe having a wow. few bars of chocolates or like i don't know an oven pizza or some oven chips and stuff like that but actually from a chippy that would be like way too calorific because it's obviously cooked from all hydrolyzed oils and you know the, the, the quality of like the meat isn't usually very good and all injected with water and things and yeah well when i, I don't when i eat a chippy when i say a chippy i have a craving that i have um, and it's just chips and gravy that's all i have Oh, that, that's it. That's, I suppose that's not too bad if you're just getting... So that's all I have. All I came from is either chicken gravy or pizza. I like crisp. I'm more of a savoury guy, though. I don't like... I don't eat chocolate and I don't eat sweets or nothing like that. Um, all I snack on is nuts and dates and I'll have two, two shakes a day or a smoothie shake and a green shake. Um, so I get everything I need that I need all the time. My problem is of an evening. Um, when I'm sitting down after training's finished and I'm thinking, oh, what's in the cupboards? Yeah, I think that's the the hardest time for everyone, isn't it? When you're kind of sat on the couch and you're eating more because you're bored rather than you're actually hungry. Yeah, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? Yeah. So let's um, start to just wrap this up a little bit. Um, one thing I've been doing with people towards the end of um, the interviews is just asking them some really quick, simple questions. Uh, if cool. you're okay with that, yeah. So, uh, first one is: Do you have a favorite song to train to or work out to? Favorite song? Um, do you know what? No, I listen to loads. I used to listen to a lot of the Rocky tunes, um, but I just like dance anthems and stuff like that. Um, What's your entrance tune? Do you have an entrance tune that you stick to, or you mix it up every fight? I remember you had dance tunes back when I used to come and watch you. When I won the world title, it was more than just friends, and it was just because I liked the tune and it was catchy. Um, who, who sings it? I forgot who sings it. Have you heard of it? More than just friends, the I, dance tune. I've probably heard it, but I couldn't tell you who does it. Um, when I do my fight scene and I have no music on a lot of the time, so it's you've got to self-motivate yourself. That's a good point. The only time I listen to music is when I'm winning. I do think, and I think studies have shown you, you can go a little bit further and for a little bit longer if you've got music on 
leading on from that, do you have um, a favourite movie, Lee? Favourite movie? Um, do you know what? Yeah, probably Gladiator. Yeah, is that because you're the With butcher? Crow. You're the... <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? It's just I love um, 300 um, and I love Dravars and stuff like that. You know, inspirational fights. Yeah, I love them all too. I think that every lad secretly loves those films. <laughs> But Gladiator and uh, Braveheart, yeah, um, unbelievable when they came out. Unreal. Yeah. Um, Unreal. Watching them before fights, I do a lot of stuff like that. I used to watch all of the Rockies on Fight Week, every single one of them. I would skip out the one with Tommy Gunning, to be fair. Don't you like that one? No, no. It's all about about Drago, Rocky IV, and uh, Mr. T and Rocky III and the first ones. And I even like the new Creed, but that one really... I think really sunk the franchise that one. The I just liked the uh, speech at the end. That was a bit of leader. Yeah, I don't like how he lost all his money in that one as well, and he's gone. Like, I just don't know. I just didn't. None of it appealed well, to that's me. That's the hard ones of um, um, that lifestyle. Yeah, one minute you can be flying high, and if you're not clever, not careful, which he wasn't, you can be right back on your ass and you've tried to and build back up again. I suppose I've never thought of it that way. Um, he was just but, disappointed that he was a bum again, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, why, why are you called the Butcher Lee? Do you want to tell anyone? Is there any, is there any big reason behind that? It was just, um, I got called the Butcher in camp one years ago when I trained with Mark Scanlon and a few other lads that were within UFC. Um, they, they put the name onto me because I got sponsored um, by a Butcher's and the aggressive style of fighting. Um, when I was in the gym, I used to... I used to spar the way I fought so they, they said when I got sponsored by a butchers uh, they said they'd teach you that and that was oh yeah no, that's good I didn't know you were sponsored by a butcher so really it's, it, that's what it's down to just the fact that you were sponsored by a butcher rather than you're murdering people yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I like people to think the other when I'm fighting <laughs> yeah so Lee what are, you, what are your plans for the future are You when's your next fight coming up And how how are you finding life with this virus? Like, are, are you still managing to get your workouts in? Um, is it affected you? Is it set you back at all? No, I've been um, giving myself challenges. So, like the other week, I done five days, five k challenge. So it was five kilometers run every morning, fast fast as I can, um, and then I'd do a thousand reps. So the first day was like 5k run, 1,000 press-ups. The next day was a 5k run, 1,000 sit-ups. Next day was a 5k run, 1,000 squats, and so on, till I'd done five days in a row. Oh, I, I tell you what I saw you doing, I didn't know. Is this part of his training, or is he just because he's the butcher, he does this, is how he does his DIY? You were chopping down uh, trees and weeds in your garden <laughs> with a massive machete. <laughs> So I was streaming everything and then it's a piece knocked off and I was like, oh, shit. so I had to get the knife out and finish it off. <laughs> good workout though, I imagine. It's a really good tool. Yeah, yeah. It's like how people use like axes sometimes and sledgehammers and stuff, I imagine. It is like that kind of rotation yeah. movement would be good. Yeah, it's a really good, really good workout. It was a good workout. <laughs> right, Lee, um, do you want to tell everyone all, all your plugins and how they can find you and follow you on social media and stuff like that if they want to learn about your up-and-coming fight or reach out to you at all? Yeah, I'll just give, it, I'll give a shout-out to my team, um, 
only team at RSW and my coach Darren Morris um, up at ASW and um, my family and friends that support me, my sponsors, um, a big up to MarsPNISupplements.com um, and you can get me on um, Instagram at the underscore butcher underscore one or on Facebook Lee Chadworth or on Twitter Lee underscore the uh, underscore butcher cool lee i'd just like to thank you um for coming on the show again and i haven't seen you um in person for a while but hopefully one day uh we can catch up in the future and grab a coffee or something yeah definitely it's been great speaking to you mate and it's been good to catch up thanks for coming on lee thank you